0: Well, I want to talk about a topic that I believe, uh, uh, if, if, if you'll have ears to hear, this will be the one teaching that will transform your life. This will make the difference in your walk with God, I, I, I believe without doubt. I'm not talking about going to heaven or not going to heaven. I'm just talking about how do I increase my connection, my relationship with the living God. And I don't know of anybody probably in this room would, that would say, man, I'm just happy with it now. We're all, I'm good. It's fine. No, I'm, I, no, no, we want to really have a close relationship uh, with God. Uh, we, we talked last week about 1 Corinthians 4.20, where it says, for the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in what? Power. Consistent Power. And, and when we look at the uh, scriptures, we begin to realize that maybe we have gotten comfortable with presenting or living in a kingdom uh, that only has words or just talk. We talk the talk, but we're not experiencing the walking of it. And and, and, and God's saying, no, I want to call you up to this place where the power because just like the power was released through jesus christ himself he wants to release it through you now you are now his channel you're the body of christ he's the head giving you the orders and that's why i think it's so important that we hear and listen and know what the father's saying and it's not just hearsay we're not just grandkids we are sons and daughters of the most high god walking in an open relationship with him. And I'm going to show you something this morning that I think will totally uh, help you see something uh, that you've never seen before. Uh, we noticed that uh, Jesus' greatest command to his disciples, to those that uh, were waiting in the, or that were going to, or really 120 disciples in the upper room, his command to them was this. Now listen I'm doing all of these things. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to go to heaven and sprinkle my blood on the altar so that your sins will be completely paid for. Paid in full. He's paid in full. And then he said, I'm going to go down into hell and I'm going to take the keys of death and hell back from the enemy and then I'm going to go back up to the Father And I'm going to send down to you now the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that empowered me, I'm going to put inside of you. Now, guess what? That Spirit literally raised him from the dead. Come on, how many think that's pretty good power? How how many think that might be a little bit more power than you're walking in today? You see, I'm saying, and he even challenged us. He says, these things and greater you will do. And somehow, because we haven't figured it out, we kind of just... Let's just slide that aside and see if we can't be better Christians and, and so forth. And I, and I think you should be a better Christian, okay? But if we just do it in word and we miss the power, then we're really missing it. Because the word is not going to untangle and unchain an unsaved person from his situation. But it is the power of God that becomes unto salvation, and I, I just want to say to you, you just need to begin to position yourself as a true son and daughter with an inheritance that's already been given to you. Okay, well, where's it at and how we get it and what's going on? Well, that's what we want to talk about this morning because he gave us something that uh, even some of the body of Christ has decided to reject. But we don't want to reject it here. As I said last week, if we reject... The person, active person of the Holy Spirit, okay, in our life today, it will be just like the disciples that rejected Jesus Christ in his day. It's the same thing. There's not an ounce of difference. Not an ounce of difference. <laughs> ounce of difference. And so as we look at this, I really, I believe something's going to click inside of every one of you. And you're going to walk away from here if you just simply say, God, I just want to hear from you this morning about this topic. I want to know about this whole a prayer language thing that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so let's just pray and, and, and maybe you can whisper your prayer to the Lord today. There's different categories that we find ourselves in. Some of us are here and we've been born again, but yet somehow we've lost our fervent fervency and fire. Some of us here have never heard that there was a Holy Spirit poured out. And that's what some of the disciples that we see in the book of Acts, that's what they said, well, we haven't even heard of this yet. We're saved. We're disciples. We haven't heard of this yet. And so it was explained to them, and hands were laid on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then there's another category where you've maybe had bad experiences with Pentecostalism, but Pentecostalism is not the same as Pentecost. Pentecost. Come on, can I get a little stronger amen than that? We've tied these things together, and it has blocked us from hearing God about what Pentecost is all about, <clears throat> when in fact it's, a, it's, it's what we have to have. And, and some of you are like that this morning and in just different positions, but I'm just telling you, I believe that God's going to open up the eyes of your understanding. You're going to have ears to hear, and we're going to move forward in a greater degree of power than ever before. So let's pray. And if you just be open to the Holy Spirit, he's going to speak to you. Father, thank you this morning that this truth is not new at all, but God, it's been around. And I pray for each one of us this morning that, Lord, our, our understanding of your Holy Spirit and even the prayer language that you want to give to us or you do give to us with it will become clear today, the mystery, the maybe the... Uh, the, the lack of understanding, Lord, disappointment, uh, Father, would be removed from us today, and our eyes would be open to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, my desire, my goal this morning is to increase your relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's the goal. That's where the end of this day, if it lands there, I'll be totally happy and blessed. So would you do your best to get there with me? Okay? just If you want to make your pastor happy this morning, that's how you can do it. Just, just have an ear to hear. Just be totally open. Just some of you have already turned off the thought of the Holy Spirit as I've been speaking. It's, it's just it's like, oh, I, don't know. I don't know if I want to hear that. And, and, and yet, God has something for you this morning. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Listen to what your Bible says to you in, uh, in this portion of scriptures. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And let's read through this morning. And when the day of Pentecost, not Pentecostalism, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Uh, Remember that language, if you would. They were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and it sat upon each one of them. Now, keep in mind, Jesus was coming to them to try to communicate to them what was happening for the very first time in history. Was he able to now come and not just be upon or around believers, but he was able to come and be in them. And I, I, I want you to hear that it said it was a. They were all there, and, and it happened to, in verse four, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with another with other tongues. The word is uh, glossa, which is where we get glossary language. They began to speak with another language, as the Spirit gave them the ability or the utterance. So all of a sudden, in the middle of this whole thing. Everybody's now speaking another language, and they don't understand it. They don't get it. As a matter of fact, the people that were outside of that building, when they came out, uh, uh, the people thought they were drunk, if you remember the story. And and Peter had to stand up, and he preached to them and said, no, 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 no. No, listen, guys, because they all knew the Old Testament. They all knew the Old Testament. Listen, this is what the, the, the prophet Joel prophesied was going to happen. It's not a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise to you. Some of the stuff that's a surprise to us as believers, it's like, really? Did you not, have you not read? Have you not heard what the Holy Spirit and the Word of God has said to us? See, we need to be in this book because when he speaks, it's always the clearest when it comes through here. It's pure. It's right. It's solid. You can stand on it. Uh, come on. It's as the Old Testament. It's your plumb line. Man might get a little weird about life. How many have ever met somebody that gets a little weird about life? Okay. Okay, how many have met some Christians that get weird about life? See, we all do. Everybody does. But we have the Word of God that holds us as an anchor. It's solid. It's, 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 it's good for us. Let's read on just a little bit more here uh, in... Uh, Uh, Acts chapter 2, and they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitudes came together. So this rushing, mighty wind was so strong that everybody in the city knew it, and they saw the epicenter of it, and they all gathered around. It was a feast anyway, so they were all there, but now God's getting everybody's attention. Now they're all coming here. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together, and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Now, oftentimes we could potentially interpret this, that every one of these people were speaking all the different languages that had gathered in the city, and there were many. But didn't he kind of say, doesn't it kind of say, here, just give you some food for thought, they all heard their own language. So there's a potential here that they weren't all speaking a different language. They were speaking one language, the language of the Holy Spirit, which I'm going to talk about in just a second here, the language of the Holy Spirit, but they had the miracle of hearing what was being said in their own language. And this is, this is important because I want to say something here in just a second that I think might at least cause you to think twice about something. And this is important because we use the word speaking in tongues a lot, but I'd like to begin to say, no, I'm speaking in a language. I'm speaking in a language because that is what the word means. <clears throat> it helps us process things a little bit better. And, and, and hopefully when we communicate it to others, it does too. Genesis chapter 11. Let's just look at a couple of verses here. Uh, it'll be up on the screen for you. Uh, yep, that's it. Uh, listen to this here. And open up your heart for just a second here, okay? But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one what? Wow, what's going on here? He's coming down. Most of us know the Tower of Babel story. They started in the garden. Man sinned. They were separated from God. Uh, now they've been separated long enough to see the deterioration of mankind without God. Now they're trying to get to God, but they're doing it by building a tower. But I find it interesting that he says that they have one language. Have you ever thought about what that one language might be? Was it English? Was it Hebrew? I don't think so. You know, what was it? Was it Greek? What language were they speaking all so that there was one? Give us some thought here because this jumps way into the New Testament in theory also. But we sometimes just jump to some conclusions or we don't think something through. But they had one language, and this is what they began to do. Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Doesn't the Bible say that if two or three agree on anything, it would be done, okay? So the, keep that in mind, because now these guys are all one language. They're all trying to figure this. They're trying to build a tower to heaven. God has to interrupt it by doing what? Mixing up their tongue, giving them different languages. So he mixes it up, so now they can't work together like they were, Because whatever they were going to put their hand to do, he says himself, come, let us go down there and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. Because whatever they put their hand to do, if they're in one language, they will be able to do this. Now look at Zephaniah, sneaks a little verse in here for us. (coughs) Excuse me. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 9. For then I will restore. Will you say restore? restore. To the people a pure what? Wow, wait a minute. What's he going to do? I'm going to restore to them a pure language. Why? That they may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with what? One accord. They were all in one accord And they are all speaking in one language in the upper room. Now, the question is, what language was that? I believe that Adam and Eve walked with God and talked with God in the garden. I think we all would believe that. There was this open communication, this open conversation, which brings us back again to say, okay, what language were they using? Well, they were using one language. And I believe it was the language of heaven. Paul kind of addresses our heavenly language, our prayer language that we have is a a language, we'll see this in just a minute, it's a language that you don't understand right now. But man, once you learn it, and once you begin to use it, all of a sudden, I believe what's going to begin to happen to the body of Christ, if we can capture this, what's going to happen is all of a sudden, revelation of God and clarity of what God's saying and doing and wants to do is going to be right on top of us. But we got to get into one language. We can't drag God into our language. Just, that's just food for thought, okay? That's just a side note. But it's worth thinking about. What language is it? And how can I get back to that language? How many would love to speak the language of God? And we all would say, oh, yeah. How many, how many have thought since you were a kid that it was English? <laughs> kind of a lot of us do. That's why you talk to them in English all the time. But I'm going to give you a better language that if you will take a hold of it and you'll learn it and you'll use it, that it'll, it'll again, it'll change this thing. There's a few myths about speaking in tongues or, uh, that, that I wanted to just address briefly. And the first one is that we haven't thought about it being a language, It's not a language. That's a myth. We've called it gibberish or something. But what if English is really gibberish and the language of heaven isn't? But we're so used to it that we've learned it. Somebody said that this is what an apple is, so now all of a sudden it makes sense to call this an apple. Have you ever heard an Asian person call what an apple is? How many would kind of say that not only looks in writing like gibberish, but it sometimes can sound like it? See, it's a different language, and I just believe, again, I'd like to get your mind off of thinking, well, it's just some gibberish stuff. No, it's, it's a language that God will give to you. Can I get a small amen? <laughs> That's one myth. The second myth is that you start speaking fluently the first day you receive it. You know, I've heard some people that speak pretty fluent in their prayer language, in their heavenly language, and I've heard others that haven't. It's just been like, you know, like a child learns one or two syllables, and, and, and then they go from there, and the, why do they learn the whole thing? Because why? They keep practicing it, they keep using it, they keep hearing, and, uh, hearing uh, from it and using it. So you may not be completely fluent in your prayer language, and maybe that's an issue, and maybe that was an issue for you back some hundred years ago. And you're sitting there thinking, wow, I just got a couple syllables. It doesn't seem to make sense to me. Well, maybe if you would have been practicing it all that time, I guarantee you'd be a lot further today. And Because and, and, your language grows. Every language does, right? Come on, you just start here and you get here. And before you know it, you not only know all the words, but now you're going to be fluent in it. Okay, so language. The third myth is that I can't control it. Somehow... I'm going to be walking in to Walmart, and it's just going to spring out of me, and I'm going to be out of control. <laughs> well, the only place I ever learned that one was in the Pentecostal church that I was saved in, <laughs> and they were wild, and they probably would have believed that. And uh, they just uh, they just lack some teaching, okay? But it's it's just not like you know it's out of control. Really, God's a God of uh, uh, order. How many would believe that? Yeah. He is. He's got an order. And 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 he doesn't, you know, if you, if you if you have the gift of teaching, you don't just start teaching in the middle of Walmart. Do you just when you know, it's not, oh, I got to teach. No, it's it's a gift that you have, you use it. It's not it's not something that's out of control. So so it can't control. Of course you can control it. And the second and the last thing that's a myth is that somehow I need to feel something, I have to feel it. Can I just say this to you today? I guarantee every time you read this. Uh, This inspired word of God, you don't feel it. Matter of fact, some of you really need to start feeling it. (laughs) Okay, You need to go from here to here because it's a living book. And so I have to, will I feel it? Absolutely. You can feel the presence of a person. You can feel the presence of God. But I have to to understand that it's not a feeling that I'm searching for. I'm not after some feeling. Uh, It's it's, it's something that God has given to us. Uh, And so first I want us to understand and think in this box. It's a language. I believe it could be the language that Adam and Eve spoke to God in the garden. Adam uh, or Jesus was called the last Adam. I believe this language was there. And, and so that's number one. Second point that I want to point out to us this morning, that the language is of the Spirit. The language is of the Spirit. I, I, I'm not going to capture it completely in my own mind and understanding. Now listen to Paul, the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest apostles of all time. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4. I hope you're writing some of these things down, some of these verses down. Because if you read them yourself, the Holy Spirit will continue to enlarge this stuff for you. And help you understand it. 1 Corinthians 14.4. For he who speaks in a tongue, glossa, a language, does not speak to men, but he speaks to who? Okay? And then listen on. For no one understands him. So it's something, that's another language that you're not going to understand. Stop trying to understand it. You're not going to understand it. But, however, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. And so somebody understands it. It's your God. It's a language that he gets. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 14, Paul goes on to say this here. For if I pray in a language or a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So this language that he's given me, I don't expect to understand it. And that's sometimes people say, well, I don't know what I'm saying. Right. Paul pointed this out repeatedly. You aren't going to understand this, but God does. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15. So, so what is the conclusion here then, he says? He says, I will pray with the Spirit, or let me put in there, heavenly language. And I will also pray with my understanding. So there's that type of prayer in the Spirit, prayer and understanding. So what is prayer in the Spirit? What do you ask yourself? What is that? What do we see that as? And he says this, I will sing in the Spirit, and I also will sing with understanding. So we see a clear delineation between this praying in the Spirit and praying with understanding. And, he, and, and I believe that if I, if I asked you, you might say, I feel much more comfortable praying with my understanding. But how many know we need a lot more than our understanding? You, you must have more understanding if you're going to pray. I, I, I don't know about you, but let's just be real transparent and honest here. You've heard it. I've heard it. You've done it. I've done it. When you try to pray completely all the time with your understanding, your own way gets in the way. Your thoughts get in the way. You you see somebody that that that, that has this particular issue, and, and and so you pray for that issue. That might not be the issue. That might be the fruit, but you needed to go to the root. But because you prayed with your understanding, that's why oftentimes Jesus oddly said to somebody that was blind, "What would you like?" He was trying to get to the root of the issue. Come on, do you hear what I'm saying? This is important because if we can catch this, then we can understand there are the two types of prayer. I believe that when you pray in your heavenly language, your prayer language, your spirit language, that it actually quickens your natural understanding so you can now pray also with understanding more accurately. The Bible says that sometimes your prayers aren't answered because you pray amiss or you missed the mark. You prayed wrong. You prayed with your... Oftentimes, our understanding. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. And so we see this. And so this is why the Apostle Paul said this here, 1 Corinthians fourteen eighteen. I thank my God that I speak with tongues, a heavenly language, more than you all. And then a little bit later, and this is where sometimes I think it gets we gotta be really careful. 1 Corinthians 14, 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. He was teaching them on some topic here, but do not forbid to speak with tongues. Wow. He just throws that right in there. Boom! Don't you forbid it? I don't know if you've heard another Christian ever say to you, you know, speaking in tongues is of the devil. Well, let me just tell you you don't want to forbid what the, the lord says to do and he clearly already delineated that there's a prayer in spirit and prayer in understanding now ask the holy spirit right now if you're maybe just you know not, not locking into this just ask him just say lord i need understanding i need to capture this so i can walk away my, my prayer is that every one of us ends up uh, with one of two things number one getting your prayer language for the first time or beginning to say, you know, I really need to pray in my prayer language more. And whatever has stopped me from that, uh, I need to change. And hopefully by seeing this here, I mean, honestly, sometimes you copy somebody because what they're doing is right, right? You don't go downtown and and go to a homeless person and ask them how to run your business, right? You don't go (laughs) go to the Apostle Paul... Because look at this guy. He wrote three-quarters of the Bible that you believe. Why? I believe he was getting direct revelation from God. Because he said, hey, I pray in tongues more than you all. I pray in my heavenly language constantly. And, and revelation begins to come. And that's been my experience. As I pray in my prayer language, my heavenly language, all of a sudden, different revelation begins to come. Different prayer needs. Different direction. What the Holy Spirit's saying. And it's just absolutely Amazing. It's, it's just a miracle. <laughs> Third, I want to just take a moment now and talk about the benefits of uh, being filled with the Spirit and utilizing your prayer language. Uh, the Apostle Paul said this here, he who's as he inspired as the Word is, the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians fourteen five. I wish you all spoke with tongues. I wish you all did. I hope you, I looked at the Greek, and just so you feel safe, it means all. Everybody. It's not for some, for all of us. Not just some of us, but all of us. Now listen to me. You may need to memorize this scripture. You may need to, if you're wrestling with this, can I challenge you to the core? Because you can turn this off right now and just say, ah, that doesn't make sense to me. I've never been taught that. I've never grown up with that. I don't even like that. I've heard weird people that spoke that. You can do that, and I'm just begging you this morning, don't do that. Let's take these few scriptures that we have this morning, and let's go after them, because listen to me, I don't know about you, but we all need to be built up, and this is what he says. He goes on to say this in verse 4, he who speaks in a language or a tongue edifies himself, and he who prophesies builds up the church. What's he saying? I'm going to give a prophetic word to the church, and they're going to understand it because it's going to be in their language. But if I want to build myself up, I need to do it by praying in my most heavenly prayer language. It's important to catch this. The word edify means to build up from the foundation. So in other words, I must be born again. And from there, he then wants me to be water baptized. And then the next stage of the foundation is that I'm now baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is for all. This is for everyone. Why do I have to emphasize that? Because I know there's people here sitting here this morning right in front of me and you wouldn't tell you wouldn't be able to say to me, "Yeah, I pray in my prayer language a lot." You'd say I do it once in a while. I do it now and then. I do it when I get felt like I need feel like I need to, but you wouldn't say, "No, I do it maybe as much or more as my English language." And I want to stir you up to get there because I believe it brings revelation and it brings understanding to to your life that I believe is going to be absolutely necessary for the days we're heading into. I don't know if you recognize the confusion that's going on around our world, okay? But it's gone beyond a nation, and now it's around the world. The whole world's involved in this thing now. And it's confusion, it's chaos, and God wants to bring His church answers. I believe that with all my heart. (laughs) I do believe that with all my heart, in case you wondered. If you think I'm crazy about believing that, you can think I'm crazy. I believe that with all of my heart. We, Jesus, is the hope of the world. But we're his body. And we're the ones that are supposed to be releasing him on the earth. When people meet you, they should be meeting Jesus. And remember, the, the, the Pentecost, the whole celebration of Pentecost, had to do with harvest. Come on, it's harvest. The harvest come in. Why? Because of Pentecost. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me read you just a couple more scriptures here and, and, and wrap it up this morning uh, with, uh, with prayer, and I want you to really take a hold of some of the things that I've said. And we're going to ask God to just change our thinking and change everything about us if, we, if it needs to be done to grasp this. Jude chapter 1 and verse 20 says this here, But you, beloved, what? Building. There's that word again. Building who? Yourself. Up. In your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Now let me just be very clear. I don't think that you're just going to start speaking in tongues every day, all day long, and that's all you need. The word is spirit, right? So John said, hey, the word spirit. It's truth, it's spirit. So it's not the, it's not the cure-all, I'm going to speak in tongues, it's going to be okay. No, but I think it's a channel that the church has been missing. I've talked to enough believers that just, well, no, I don't speak in tongues a lot. I don't speak in my prayer language a lot, just a little bit. And, and maybe that's if the church at large is like that. Maybe that's why the church at large has lost the power that comes with the Holy Spirit. And so I I just just challenge you. I want to challenge you to the very core of your being, every one of us, myself included. I've been challenged by this as I've been reading. I'm thinking, man, that's right. That's right. That's right. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17 says this here. You know, We talk about the armor of God a lot, and we we talk a lot about it, but we really don't talk a lot about part of that armor that actually says this here. Take on the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always, would you say always with me? Always, praying always with all prayer and supplication where? In the spirit. What's he talking about here? He's talking about this heavenly prayer language that he's given us to pray continually with. And some of us sit back and we just lack understanding. You know, I wish I wish I understood this or wow, that person seems to get a revelation over there. Almost as if it's, uh, they're special for getting that. Nobody's special. Nobody has a handle on the Holy Spirit. It's for all of us. We've been hearing this over and over. It's for all of us. Now let me just close with this verse, this just this uh, small portion of Scripture here, Luke chapter eleven, verses eleven through thirteen. And I I want you to hear this because some of you are just going to need to have the safety of this, uh, the safety of this that God gives us so that you can ask freely for this baptism of the spirit okay listen to this if a son asks for bread from any father among you will he give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will he give him a serpent instead of a fish or if he asks for an egg will he give (coughs) will he give him a scorpion If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who simply ask him? They ask him. God, I want the Holy Spirit. I want the understanding of it. I want everything that you're saying about it. I don't want to just turn my head from these scriptures. I don't want to turn my head from these scriptures for any wrong reason. But I want to come to the Father, and I I want to I want to have Him come to me, and I want Him to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Okay, listen. Listen to this. Just want to try to share briefly my experience. You can't really you're not really you are not you not try to go you're not try to you're not supposed to try to go by somebody else's experience, but sometimes you can kind of learn from oh oh that's what I was hearing oh that's what God was trying to say to me but you just didn't believe it you you wrestled with it I wrestled with a lot of things when I was first saved I had never been to church a day in my life I had no knowledge whatsoever any scriptures and so I was wrestling through everything I was getting stuff from God he was speaking to me but I kept continually doubting once I heard from him I guess it's got to be me It's got to be me, it's got to be my thoughts. Until I begin to get into the word and begin to realize, you know, it really wasn't my thoughts. Well, it was God's thoughts talking to my thoughts. So just like you might talk to yourself in your head, sometimes that's kind of how I would describe God speaks to us. He gets inside of our head, and, and maybe for clarity, in our spirit and he begins to speak to us. Now, either we take credit for it, or we start giving him credit. And we say, God, that's you. Or I'm reading the Bible, and all of a sudden that verse begins to come alive to me, and I don't realize that the the creator of the universe just stepped into my closet and began to talk to me in a language that I can understand. He's going to give you a heavenly language. But God wants to speak to you first, probably, in your language. I'm sorry that I'm three foot. I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. That's that's my sinful nature. I'm sorry. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, God steps in and he begins to speak to us. And we begin to discount it or throw it aside as if just it was my thoughts. I found that to be a lot with people... With their prayer language ask god for the baptism of the holy spirit you don't have to beg god for anything right <laughs> no he said this is a gift to you it's like your salvation it's a gift you don't have to beg him you ask and he will give it to you i want you to ask this morning in just a minute and he's going to give it to you But the next phase is to say okay your word says if i am baptized in the holy spirit and if you just read through the book of acts Every time except for twice in the book of Acts, scores of times, it says this phrase. (laughs) I love it. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in another language. Another language they didn't understand. Their mind was unfruitful, but they spoke in this language. And Paul said, if you will do this, if you'll believe me in this, if you'll receive this, and then begin to speak this. I will begin to build you up, and something will begin to happen inside of you. And it's not too twirly being plugged in, it's just an ongoing, regular, man, I take my vitamins. You don't take vitamins once a year, right? And expect them to work, or drink cucumber juice or something once a year. I wish you could. (laughs) Stuff tastes terrible. (laughs) That celery juice, you know. Just some concoctions. A little bit of essential oil. Okay, bat wings. Anyway, uh, I'm going to get sidetracked here and in trouble. So anyway, but you know what I'm saying? You don't do something once and it's all done. No, he says, I want you to pray in your language and it's going to build you up. And I have experienced personally, personally, when I was first saved, just doubting. I mean, God just gave me a little bit of a prayer language after I asked him. I just doubt it. And it wasn't until somebody brought me back to the Bible and said, look at it, it's right here, that then I was in communication with God, and all of a sudden, he opened it up. But then I've noticed this about myself, that sometimes I'll be, I'll put that aside. I'll get busy with life, and I'll start doing all this other stuff. Well, I'm still praying and my understanding for you, and, and all this and that. But I, I can definitely tell after a while when I haven't been praying in the spirit, because discouragement is quicker. Uh, you know, uh, sinful actions are quicker, sinful attitudes are quicker, and you know stuff like that. It's just all around, and and, and so and so and, and I can pinpoint when I have started slacking off on the prayer language. And I want to just encourage you this morning. It's not some it's not some spooky thing. But it's critical for you to be built up with. So, can we just take a second here? Just, uh, just pray with me. I'm going to pray first for. Uh, well, maybe you maybe you're not born again. You haven't experienced that supernatural receptivity of a new heart see that's another thing that happens without question you don't guess that you've been born again because you went to church all your life you don't guess you're born again you know it because how many would say that god really touched your heart and gave you a new heart come on i need to see some hands on this here you know the day that's when god did that he turned your heart and he changed your heart yes it's more gradual for some that grew up in church and a good family and stuff it's a little bit more gradual but you know you have a new heart there's a different breed there Something's different inside of you. Your your propensity is different. You may not have learned how to walk in it, but the propensity is different, and you go back to God, and you keep going back to God because you know, and you know her. And if you're not there this morning, I just encourage you, now's the time. It's a free gift. Jesus, I want you to come in. Be the Lord of my life. Save me. Save me. The second thing is, is just the, the whole thing about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've received a language and, and you've just been discouraged about it and you don't use it at all because you don't understand it. Remember Paul said, hey, your mind is going to be unfruitful. You won't get it, but, you, but God does. That's important. And that's where you are and you just need to receive it maybe for the first time or just get renewed and restored to where this prayer language of yours, I might even say, is more than your prayer with understanding. you know that you can speak in tongues and read a book? that crazy you can speak in tongues and do a lot of things right you can speak in tongues and drive right i don't recommend that for a few of you but uh but you can it's a prayer language and just begin to use it like like never before because why it's going to build you up it's going to build you up and maybe some of the challenges you've had are going to get taken care of maybe the anxiety maybe the healing, maybe the answer to a miraculous uh, 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 thing that you need takes place. But God's ready to restore the power to His church. I'm so excited about this. So let's pray. Father, I pray for each one of us. First, I pray, God, as we let our requests be made known to You, each one individual here, even even now, in their heart, in their mind, that they would let their request be made known to You for salvation, for Uh, for baptism of the Holy Spirit or or maybe even further just need the need to be water baptized whatever the case may be God I'm asking you now take your word and just make it alive to each one of us this morning God we want to follow you uh, with everything that's within us and we'll be obedient to all that you begin to speak to us even in particular about the baptism of the Holy Spirit Lord, I thank you for that. I just pray, even this morning, Lord, just come upon us this morning. Can I ask you this? Just everybody close your eyes for just a moment. Maybe if one of these things is is hitting home to you, you know, sometimes we just need to learn to respond to God and let him take it from there. Would you just uh, uh, do me a favor? If the Holy Spirit's saying anything to you about salvation, uh, water baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit, would you just right now raise your hand? Just raise your hand. If it, it's just maybe he's just stirring something inside of you. Anybody here? Anybody here? Come on, maybe it's just haven't had an understanding of it, you want it, and you're just going to lift your hand and respond to him. Or maybe it's just for salvation for the first time. You want to know, man, if I die tonight, I'm going to be in heaven. Anybody at all? All right, let's, let's just pray. Father, thank you this morning that your word will penetrate <laughs> because we love you. And your word is going to speak to each one of us, and, and God, we thank you for that. I pray for everyone in this room that the blessing of God would be upon them, uh, the favor of God would be released in them, and that, Lord, this whole topic about this the, the, the prayer language, the baptism of the Holy Spirit would come clear. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Would